Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I'm just curious about my own psyche here, though, because it's like I saw the screen getting messed around with, and I immediately thought it was Tony. Yeah. Which immediately led me to be annoyed. And then I found out it was you, and I was like, oh, okay, there's probably a purpose to it. And so now I'm like, Tony, are we too mean to you, man? This is perfect time for him to be on mute and not ready to go. Do you think we're too mean to him, Russ? Honestly. I don't. I honestly don't think we are. You don't think there's going to be a time where it's like we take it too far with him and he's... And he just like loses it at one of us. He he's not prone to like angry outbursts to begin with, but I know where the joke limit goes. But it's also sometimes like, have you met Tony Gill? Like if you if you repeated back to a person that's not one of the three of us something that Tony would say, the fact that we haven't swung on tone. Is honestly a miracle in and of itself. Sort of true, yes. But also, you could tell people a lot of other things about him that they'd be very impressed by, and we don't. We haven't spent a hundred episodes talking about that. We haven't spent a hundred episodes talking about Tony's loyalty and concern for others, and we've spent a hundred weeks now, like digging into him about everything that he does wrong, including being on mute to start this today. Happy 100th ep, Tone. What's up, guys? What's going Tone, on? Are we too, have we been too mean to you? Are we too mean to you? Is, be honest. Has there been an episode in the 100 that we've done now, or I guess 99 that are done before this one, where you were like, mm, those guys took it too far this time? Yeah, but oh, I instantly see, forget them like, the night of, so I just be like, yeah, and then I forget it happens. Russ, you look incredulous. Like, you can't believe that there's been a time where you've taken it too far. I don't like finding that out in episode 100. I don't. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Like, if, if, let's say this happened in like episode three. <laughs> He's probably tell us before 97 more episodes happen. Tone, tone, could, I, tone could go through and just circle all the episodes when he wanted to quit afterwards, but decided to just swallow the text, you know? I... I my uh, my my forgiveness well is very very large. Like I instantly forget any wrongdoings. That like somebody, I'll give you a kind of a vague example. Somebody in the business um, that had I had nothing to do with, you know, was really talking down to me, like really really bad to other people. Um, and I knew who it was, and I knew I was gonna have to, you know come face to face with this person or see this person out and about in, in the city as big as it is the media the industry is pretty small um i totally forgot what they said and just walk, walked up to him and be like hey what's up 
you know, like just instantly. And then somebody told me afterwards, they was like, oh, you know that guy? He, you don't remember that? You guys are cool now? I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot. But yeah, I guess. Well, I'm not out here talking mess about you, Tom. Yeah, I, I speak very high of you. <laughs> yeah. In, in the streets. I want you I to know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I trust you guys. I've been guilty of not, of a lack of awareness of when I've pushed something too far before. I told you there was another reporter who wanted to fight me during a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was an example. There was another guy on one of the beats that I covered where – this guy this guy was always unintentionally funny. And he would always say things that were unintentionally sexual and he didn't realize it. So very entertaining and a very goofy guy. And one day, the day where I took it too far was he showed up. We, we were doing press conferences and uh, he showed up with his shirt on backwards. Which, you know, like, I guess that could happen. I mean... My nine-year-old does that a lot. But the thing about this shirt was that it was a sweater and it was a V-neck. So, like, a very difficult shirt to wear backwards and not realize it. And uh, and and I just I could not resist saying something about it. And uh, things just kind of things just kind of blew up. And the guy uh, the guy was very hurt by it. And it was a it turned out to be like not so funny in a very sobering moment for me. Didn't, didn't Russ make a joke that Chicago asks always the first question to Jason Leisure? Why, why so is Jason so mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, bro. It's a, <laughs> it's a blind spot. It's a blind spot. It's really hard, honestly. It's really hard to be, to try, I should say, to be funny. And this happens on here. This happens on Lawrence's show. And this happened on Levitard before where it's like, it's hard. It's very difficult to be funny without being like inappropriate or mean. Like those are things that are funny a lot of times. So it's it's like a really hard line to walk of like these funny things that I think, but don't really represent how I want to treat people and how I hope I generally treat people. And like so, that's what I worry about. Is like, have we gone for the joke too many times in a hundred episodes on Tony? And he's just seething with rage underneath that bearded smile. All right. So literally this week, somebody or multiple people, but I don't remember exactly who said we needed to be nicer to Tony. And my first thought was, no, we don't. (laughs) Right. Right. But then now after hearing Tony said, I mean, yeah, those times when y'all took it too far. Now I'm like, I'm I'm like this close to feeling really bad. My counterpoint would be when when it's the the Russ got him jokes. I think it's equal when it comes to the last hundred episodes. <laughs> so like, does it equal out in the long run? He has made if there's a hundred episodes, then he must have made five hundred comments minimum easily. Easily. That a, a that, episode that, that that your parents didn't love hearing a hundred percent that you were like, oh, we got to leave it in because it's funny. But since mm, the first episode, my, I'm mom told, to this. my mom listens to this at 4 a.m. right after she prays. He doesn't he hasn't thought about that since the first time you said it. So that's why sometimes I'm just like, ah, 
are we hard on tone? Yeah, but at the same time, equal time. Those are those are compliments, though. Nah, they are no, they're not. You don't mean no. it that way. You don't mean it that way. You're like I'm trying to get Russ in trouble. That's how, that's, that's, that's what Tone, they are. When we were super into uh, what was the Lakers show on HBO? Oh, oh my God! Oh. Winning time, winning time, hey, winning time. You you said he was Magic Johnson. <laughs> he said that was Magic. Who is, who is like so unbelievably unlikable? Oh, well, that's not why. I mean, well, well, because he's unbelievably unlikable in the way that he treats women. I'm a, and it's just like I. You can only because it doesn't matter if I'm a good dude because if Tone puts the narrative out there already. You always got to combat that. And that see, that's the thing, though, Russ. And now it's like you're like, well, now I'm kind of typecast. Like that's my, I am. That's my bit on our show is <laughs> I'm Russ. I'm you know very irresponsible. And, and like, here's the thing: it's gone from here to now. It, it's gone to the radio. So I'm catching the the, the same jokes on the radio now. Now all of Chicago think I'm just out here knocking everything down, and then it's like that's not true. <laughs> Tony's just giggling away at the you see fire, what, that, so you see the why, fire that he lit. So now you see why I'd be like, I don't have to be nicer to Tom. <laughs> okay, let's get a little more into this. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. Welcome, I got to tell you, welcome to Sports Adjacent's Man. 100 episode. Yeah. Hit the gunshots, Tom. Jason Leisure and Russ Dorsey, as always. Yeah. Friends, co-hosts, business partners, uh, and two guys who were not sure if this would ever make it when they recorded the practice episode because that is the worst recording of anything that's ever been made. All right, so that's two years that, ago that, or whatever that that's was. That's not. That's not the. Uh, I wouldn't say that's how that story went. But go ahead. And then we got our producer Tony Gill. Tony Gill, by the way, presented by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash sa. And you will get 23% off some of the best bedding you will ever find. The sheet set is incredible. 100% eucalyptus, silky smooth, just the absolute best thing for your bed. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Tony Gill presented by Sheets and Giggles. Um, I remember doing that practice episode and thinking like, ooh, I, I hope Tony will help with this. Because we did kind of, for those of you who haven't heard us mention this dreadful practice episode before, we did kind of just a dry run, like, I don't know, a few weeks before we actually launched this back in 2021, just to kind of get a feel for how it would go. And the feel was terrible. So I remember thinking, like, I hope Tony will help. And how are we ever going to get to, like, a full 40-minute or 45-minute episode, which has probably never been a problem, actually. If anything, we sit and we're like, let's make sure, you know, we have like two hours of material. Let's make sure we cut it back to use only the best stuff that we've got. I'm not serious, Russ, that I didn't think we would make it. I'm my point. That's an exaggeration. My point is more that more that we we have come a really, really long way with how we've done the show. I agree. Um, I, when we first did what it is now known as the practice episode. What do you call it in your mind? You probably don't you probably don't ever think about it. I don't think about it. <laughs> like to <laughs> I, me, I wish I could. It was a me, pilot. It was a pilot. That's what I'm saying. What pilot is amazing? And so, but it, it was the text that I got from Jason or the phone call I got from Jason right after 
that it makes me laugh now because Jason was like, man, that was and Jason don't curse like that, but he basically was like, hey man, that was shitty. And if like we if we gotta be better than this and figure some things out because I, it wasn't funny and listening back, we weren't good. And I, mm-hmm. I literally told him, and I'm trying to find the text because I'm really close. I was just like, Jason, this is our first time doing this ever. I I had a hard time believing that this was just gonna be the best thing we had ever put on wax. It'll be fine and we'll get better from here. And a hundred episodes later, here we are. I wasn't really like distraught. I'm just very practical and I'm very clear eyed about everything I do. So I know when something is not good and it's not like this isn't good. This is never going to be good. We're screwed. It's like, okay, here's where we're starting. And we're starting at a point that is not good at all. And bringing in Tony has been an adventure, I would say, because (laughs) <laughs> I, I definitely stacked the deck in my favor a little bit by bringing him in because him and I see everything, I think, the exact same way creatively and comedically. And you have you have a great sense, Russ. Uh, you have great creativity. You've done fantastic. You brought fantastic ideas to this throughout the 100 episodes. You have a great sense of humor, but it's different than mine. Yeah. And I think Tony's is very, very similar to mine. So when I when I was describe, I remember describing like the idea that I had for how Tony would fit as being disruptive. And that's not, that was a little bit confusing because a producer is not supposed to be in theory, a producer is not supposed to be disruptive. He's supposed to be helpful. And one of the funny things though, through all of it, that's been that, uh, that I've been able to watch throughout this is Tony having to please mom and dad who have very different opinions on everything. There have been times where like where you've been livid with him and I've been like just couldn't have been happier. I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I want him to do. Yes, I think uh starting out, that wasn't the the I wasn't always thrilled. You probably could tell in the in the in the pod that I wasn't always thrilled with that. Because it's just like me making a point and then tone playing the everything's fine music. <laughs> People can't see, but that's very is, disruptive. It very, very, yes. And there's times where I want to pause and be like, tone, like I'm making a point. Don't play the damn music. Um, but you learn like, all right, what's best for the podcast? What's best for the listener? What's best for us doing this? And sometimes that it, for the comedic purposes, it's fine. But no, you're absolutely correct. Did not love that at times, <laughs> several times to be into that. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think we are different in a lot of ways. I think that's what makes our pod cool. And I think it's grown in 100 episodes where we went from pl- having to plan everything out, every detail of the pod, down was down to the minute, to now like, we can freestyle some things. I'm really comfortable freestyle freestyling. I know uh, Jason would tell all y'all that he's not the most comfortable doing that, but has had to learn to get comfortable doing that. And it, our pod is better for it. Um, but that's a part of growth. And I think that was one of the things I told Jason after that practice episode. And I was like, God, dude, we're going to like have to struggle because it's new. But every episode we do from here on out is not going to be like what we just recorded. Also, we knew it was the practice episode. And so you're listening to it thinking you're putting regular pod ears on an episode that 
nobody will ever hear but us. Yeah. And so I think my outlook on it was, yeah, this first one was going to suck regardless, right? There was no version of this where you were going to like, but we're going to be so much better in the future. And I know now you can look at that and be like, man, I don't know what I was worried about because not a lot of podcasts make it to 100 episodes. Everybody send us $5 each listener. We will release that unreleased first pilot episode. Don't listen to Tony Gill and get y'all feel out all the stolen. Tony, we <laughs> have we have money. <laughs> like, well, we well, hold on. I don't know. I'm not opposed to five dollars for everybody. <laughs> but what I am saying is, I don't want that episode to ever re- reach the light of day. I don't think I've listened to that. I don't think I've listened to it since the first time me and Jason recorded it. I also, th- I also think Tony's way of of uh, facilitating of operating that idea would be just uh, he'd put out his Venmo. On Twitter, 100%. Yeah, just 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll split no, it with the guys. Don't no, worry. I'll put down the uh, the sports station uh, email, mm-hmm. then it's attached to to a, to a Zelle account or a Venmo or PayPal account. Then, then we drop that, we send the episode to each individual that pays for it. That's how we know it won't leak out publicly because we family, like Lawrence be saying, and where he got that from, uh, Bernie Mac, from Bernie Mac, yeah, mm-hmm. like we, we all fam, nobody will release that on on the public space is just for y'all right tmz won't get it and leak it right. and if they do good for us because that means we, we were important enough for tmz to leak something <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> or I the shade room one one thing i did want to say though seriously is I, I don't think people get doing podcasts is is difficult yes with your friends <laughs> so just doing a podcast in general is is difficult doing a podcast with your friends is also difficult doing a podcast where you're not in the same room adds to the difficulty because you need to find rhythm you need to find space us having to do this podcast through 100 episodes we've only been together to do one and i think they've been like recaps best the, of recap, episodes. the best of episodes that was the only time really that we're together when we do um this uh do the show the show usually is over is over the internet, and that's that's very very difficult to develop chemistry, and it takes a while. But um, we were able to do that. You guys were able to do that uh, to create a product over the internet that is very very good, and a lot of people love it, and a lot of people enjoy it every week that we post this, and it just makes me believe that if we were in a position all of us to actually go in a studio and re- like just the leaps and bounds uh, of content that we could be able to create and the creativity that we'd be able to have. Um, if we were together on a regular basis, it just makes me excited about the future of, of this podcast um, going forward. Uh, I appreciate that tone. I, I, I do mm-hmm. agree with you in the sense that it's not easy to do this with your friends. And because like, and there's an assumption that because you do it with your friends, it's going to be easy. It's not. Um, I also think that there are a lot of people who start podcasts that don't make it anywhere close to 100 episodes. And so I'm really proud of what we've done over the almost two years. It'll be here in a couple of weeks that we've been doing podcasts. And I think the thing for me is I was able to. have a business with one of my best friends. And then we were able to hire one of our best friends 
as a contractor to produce for us and put our our, our guy on um, and really create something that people enjoy and look forward to each week. And I think there's the biggest thing over the last 100 episodes to me is there are people who listen to our podcast that I find out about. I'm like, I didn't think you would ever listen to my podcast or or why do you listen to my podcast? Mm-hmm. And I think that's always really cool, though, when I when I find out like, yeah, I heard your podcast and it's really funny and I enjoy what you guys do. It's like, man, that's that's awesome and dope. But Tone's right. Like we don't have the 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 Joe Button podcast budget or Joe Rogan or Levitard or the Kelsey brothers and on new heights. Like we don't have all these thousand dollar cameras and lighting and audio. Like we, we really freestyle in this joint uh, and have freestyled our way to a hundred episodes. And uh, I'm really proud of what we've accomplished so far. And we've done it in our spare time, sort of, I mean, right. This is not our job. Like that's another thing. When Tony talks about the different restrictions we've had to deal with, and we we started it on Zoom or on, on uh, Zoom or Streamyard or whatever back in 2021 because you had a all the pandemic restrictions in early 2021 still and b it's just it's just impossible it would be almost impossible for us to be all in the same place at the same time when you have Russ at the time covering baseball Tony has a full time job I have a full time job that's not covering baseball that's mostly like business hours like nine to five type hours during the week and we travel. And I mean, Russ was in a different city. I'm in Mobile, Alabama doing this right now because I'm here covering the senior bowl. And that's not even, I didn't even think to mention it until we got to this part because it's just been normal. We've done this show from Houston and Miami and LA and just wherever we happen to be. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and St. Louis. And and part of that was because we really, it was really important to us at the beginning to be on here every episode. Correct. We've hit a point now where, because we had to establish this with you guys, with the listeners, we had to establish ourselves and kind of the feel of our show. And once we got to a certain point where that was clearly established, then we could bring in, you know, if, if Russ is going to be in England, we can bring in Herb Howard. And it's somebody, and it's someone that we've had in with us before. And it's not like a new voice. You kind of get this cast, this, uh, this group of like friends of the show, like Herb Howard and Dion Miller and Chris Cody, who can come in at any point and you're, you're familiar with them and you're happy to hear from them. But you know, if we, yeah, if we had all of these restraints taken off, you know, time-wise budget-wise, if we had a, a bigger full-time operation, if we didn't have to worry about, you know, abiding by uh different, standards at other places that we work uh, where something we say on here could come back around on us in a, in a bad way, even if we didn't mean it that way. Uh, Yeah. The show might be a little livelier, but I feel like we've done a great job during the constraints. One of the things that has frustrated me with Tony is like content wise. I, I don't know if he's ever done anything on here that I haven't been, that I've been upset with. I think anything, everything he's done, even, even the, uh, 15 or 20 or 75 things that he's done that have set you off Russ. content wise. I've liked what has been tougher for me is Tony is like, I'm your friend. I got you. I'll make sure that I, I, I got your back. I'm your bodyguard. I will make sure nothing happens that gets you canceled. And if there's been a hundred episodes, there's been a hundred times where I've had to be like, Tony, you got to take that out. Like usually something yes. he said, Usually something he says, and he has no, like, how, how do you have the guy who says, 
don't worry, I'll make sure. And he said it to you too. I'll make sure you guys never get in trouble. I'll make sure you guys never get canceled. And he also says, nothing I can say can get me canceled. Right. <laughs> and I, I will say like Tone has, has eased up off that nothing I say can get me canceled lately. Because now that he's married, it's not just him that he has to worry about. So it's like, ah, if I get canceled, the wife's not going to be happy when I get home. <laughs> you know? um, but that's, yeah, see, like, that's a conversation he doesn't want to have. Correct. Like, hey, I lost my job. And she's hey, like, were there, they layoffs? were there layoffs or something? And he's like, no, they heard about when I was in Sports Adjacent talking about, do you want your <laughs> They didn't think that was very appropriate. And, and that's why we're losing half our income. Sorry. And I think the it's 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 if he had known, most people would be like, all right, I should take this out. I should timestamp this. We will say in that moment, tone, either bleep this out or remove this from the episode. And we'll be listening back. like, And then I, I can count the Jason text. Damn it, tone. I told you we have to take this out. But yeah. no, it's uh, it is it is part of it is fun because I think a lot of those moments we would love to keep them in, right? If we, like Jason said, if we didn't have to worry about getting fired from somebody somewhere and this paid all our bills, a hundred percent, we leave in a lot more stuff. Like I think we leave in seventy percent of the things said on this podcast. I think it's a good number. Um, it's, more, it's more than that. It's more than that, even. Okay. 80 percent. I, I don't think we cut. We, I mean, we cut some stuff because we want it to be really good. So we'll cut some stretches of it where it becomes kind of boring or whatever, but we don't really cut a ton because it's going to get us in trouble. I don't think. No, I, I believe like I got a lot of people who, when we bleep stuff out or elevator <laughs> music comes on, it's like you, what what y'all say? And I'm like, I Man. can't, I, I cannot tell you all the time. I get that text all the what time. Russ say? Hey, Hey, just tell me, what did he say? Right. <laughs> I won't tell nobody. <laughs> yes. And I always tell them. Yeah, same, same. That's usually tell. <laughs> That's usually tell. What has been tone your favorite part of the hundred episodes? Um, I think having a true space to feel the most comfortable uh, at, and doing it with people that you like. And people that you respect and people that you love. Mostly every guest on here I've had a connection with. Um, there's been a couple that I didn't know. Um, but most people that we have on the show, I do know. And I do know personally. Or I've gotten to know personally or I've heard of. Like uh, Chris Cody or Billy Gill. Like I I know them even though they don't know me because I listen to them all the time. But like we've had Layla and Lawrence and Jason and uh, Jason's sister Shayna. And it was everybody on here has contributed in a really funny, interesting, entertaining way. And I do I do three things, you know, in terms of jobs or, you know, podcasting career based thing. I do three things and I feel creatively fulfilled in every way because I have all those things that do different things for me. Um, I have different platforms this one probably is my favorite because one i get to do it with people that i love and people that i like uh and i get just get to be my unfiltered self um and that's all you can ask for 
that's all you can ask for as a creative is to be able to be yourself in a space. Um, and of course we edit, but just to and have the initial uh, where I don't have to think twice because I know that this is a safe space and we're going to cut it out later or whatever, but creating great content for people to enjoy and who, you know, whoever enjoys it. Of course, we want a lot of people to uh, listen. We want, you know, million downloads, you know, stuff like that. We, we want that because it's just fun to get those, you know, statistical numbers, but the fan base that we have and the people that really enjoy our show uh, and getting that feedback, you know, every time we drop that text message or that tweet um, from people that like, listen, listen, they don't just listen to the couple minutes. They get like, mm-hmm. you know, 40, 45 minutes in and then bring up something in the middle of the podcast or near the end of the podcast where I know they had to listen through this thing in order to get that joke. Mm-hmm. Like, that's always funny when you get that one text or one tweet like, hey, I got that or that was funny because they actually listen to the show. So that's yeah. probably the best part about doing this podcast and what's been the best part through, through these 100 episodes for me. Jason? I think it's very – my favorite things have been very similar to that. I I, I would say the, the two things are really that I enjoy working on this as a project with you and and to a lesser extent, Tony, but more with you. You and I have – had to make all the decisions about this throughout on air and off air. And um, we've had to work together and it, it really has been like disagreements or tension or whatever that we have with this is just this. That's all it is. It hasn't, but it's like, this is the court we step onto here and then we got to, you know, we got our issues here, but that is not part of our real life necessarily. But um, so that's been fun. That's been like a fun kind of creative process working with you throughout this and Tony as well. But also, like Tony said, the I'm I've like, I don't know if this is because of good parenting or um, other good influences around me or the type of work that I do. But I've I'm someone who is always very self-fulfilled. Like if I do a good job on something, if I write something that's good. If I do a good segment somewhere, if I'm good on whatever I show and I know it's good, that's enough for me. I, I yeah. In our business, Russ, you know, coming up in journalism, like you don't get a lot of feedback telling you did a great job. Like you, it has to come from inside, basically. Yeah. So this is fun for me, regardless of whether anybody listens to it, because when we finish one of these episodes, when we finish a recording and I know it was a great episode, that, that feels great. And I don't care really. It doesn't affect how I feel about it. If only 10 people listen to that on a Friday or something like that. But that being said, when you are doing something that you feel really good about and that you are really enjoying and a bunch of people, tons of people like it and they want to be part of it too and be in on that. That's really, really fun. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think my favorite part about our hundred episodes has been that each episode is different, right? Like yes. the, 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 yes. the, what we do each week is the same, but episode 100 is different from episode 75, which is different from episode 26, which is different from episode one. 
right? And I listened to uh, episode one the other day just to like remember back. Yeah. And it, 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 I, I agree with you, but that episode's still funny. <laughs> right? like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, technically speaking, it's yuck because we've we're a hundred episodes deep, but I've could listen to episode one and episode two and episode three, and they are all funny, but they're funny for different reasons. Like, like the, the dude that cussed us out because we called it a pod and not a podcast in episode five. That's hilarious. Uh, Marcus something. I don't even remember what dude's name was the meat peaks episode, right? Where I'm just peeing at midway and some dude said the words of quote tone and he stared at my meat. Right, like that's one of the funniest things in the world. Just some crazy thing that happens to me at the airport that I can bring on the podcast, and and people love, and like we can get a kick out of. And so, having a hundred different episodes of the pod that are nothing like each other, and I think in a cool way has really let people learn who Russ Dorsey is that might not have known me before or let people know who Jason Leisure is, even though they might not know you personally or know who Tone is, even though they might not know him personally or be a place where Lawrence can come on and kick his feet up and be with his boys, right? That's not the score where you don't get to have that platform, even though we distribute on his platform at the same time, like it's a different space when he can come on here with us. Right. Um, and so I think that's been my favorite part about uh, what we've been able to do is that we have a, a big old back catalog of content that is funny. And there are moments in each of those episodes where you will belly laugh. I promise you, like listening back and knowing that like we were talking about stimulus checks. Right. And what we're going to spend on that tells you how long we've been doing the podcast. Um, <laughs> we were getting stimulus checks <laughs> in the early part of the Stimulus check number four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, talk, the first time we talked about cereal, when me and Tone were talking about how we, we love going to Menards because they got the best cereal section of any <laughs> store anywhere. And that they sell food and snacks in the back. Like our podcast is, is the best. And I think there's something for everybody. And I think we hit a lot of different demographics and I think we hit a lot of different age groups and people groups. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. I think you're totally right about the different feel of every, every episode. And I think there's so much value in that. And and I don't know if this has been your experience as a writer, but a lot of times that, I mean, I'm like almost 20 years in, I've written a lot of stories. You get to the point where you're writing kind of the same story that you've already written or you're covering like uh, a similar thing that reminds you of something else. And it's like, I don't want this to be formulaic. Right. So you sit there and you're like, how am I going to force myself to just write this in a different way? I'm going to put myself in a different environment or present it some kind of different challenge to myself where it's like, I'm going to write this without doing this or without doing this. I'm going to come at, I'm going to force myself to come at this from a different angle so that it produces something different out of me. And I think that's what has happened with you and I on this show too, is by forcing each other out of what could be a rut or a routine or just a normal kind of cadence or, or format that we fall into, you're pushed into creating something new, doing yeah. something different. And I, one more thing I wanted to add, cause you mentioned Lawrence, like uh, for a million reasons uh, behind the scenes, mostly like Lawrence has been instrumental in, Sports adjacent success. Yeah. 
I, I mean, a million different ways. <laughs> he knows what they are and we know what they are. Um, but like tangibly and intangibly, uh, he, he really is the executive producer of this show. And when you mentioned him coming on and like getting kind of a different feel from him, I think we've done that with a lot of people. I think yeah. with a lot of the guests that we brought on, that's part of like that community that you develop where you're doing this thing that you really enjoy and you really think is good and funny and interesting. We're not just on here to do like burp and fart jokes. We've talked about right. a lot of and <laughs> like valuable and, and yeah. personal things on here. But like when we've brought on Dion Miller, I mean, Dion Miller is like polished newswoman. Yeah. Dion Miller is like prestige and respect. Like you, you see Dion Miller and you're like, I respect her immediately. Mm-hmm. Dion Miller comes on here and she's totally different. Um, not in the Dion respected Dion Miller told us up that and is doing jokes and is doing anchor. She wrote a letter to go on The Bachelor. <laughs> right? Like, where are, you, where are you getting that? Where are you getting Dion Miller in that form? Which is super interesting. Yes. And like Herb Howard, for example, is a guy that I became friends with on the Bears beat, who I, I still think is like underappreciated and kind of uh, under the radar in Chicago. But you've heard him on here and he gets a great reaction every time he's on. He's smart. He's quick. He's got a great voice. He's funny. Like we've had so many people on here. Cam Ellis. I mean, the, the list goes on and on of people that we have brought in. And in most of these cases, these are people that everybody in Chicago at least knows. They're not total. It's not like we gave them some platform that they wouldn't have. But we, I do feel confident in saying like we've brought a different side out of those people yeah. for pe- for anyone who's listening. And they've, it's been people who wanted to be part of this. I, I There's nobody, there's nobody that I've had to drag onto this that was like, all right, man, I'll do it for you, but I hate this thing. <laughs> Yeah, like Cam and Evan Moore and Maddie Lee and like obviously people know Billy Gill and Chris Cody, but like those guys, the fact that those guys came on our podcast is fantastic, but had a good time and have both returned. Um, I think that's awesome. And and I think one of the other parts about doing this as something that's our fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth job. <laughs> is there are some weeks where you come at, uh, on here and it's like, man, I would love to not pod tonight. Mm-hmm. And I think for me personally, I have a lot of those. You have a lot of those days in your jobs, period. But it's just like I made a commitment to Tone and Jason that we would do this each week. And I've made a commitment. We've made a commitment to you, the viewers, who have stuck with us for a hundred episodes that we would come on here and we would do this thing for you guys each week. And we have been committed to that. Um, and we wouldn't be at a hundred without everybody who's listening right now. And so I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart that you guys have stuck around and you've listened and you've shared and you shared it with people and you commented on social um, because that, that made it a lot easier to keep coming back each week. Right, like if, if if we didn't get a good response to this thing, probably would have been a wrap. But each week we had more people listening, more people commenting, more people subscribing. You you can still do all those things, by the way, because <laughs> um, we still want to grow and get to two hundred episodes. But we think the world of everybody who listens to our podcast on a weekly basis, and it's been so fun for us to 
let people into our personalities and who we are. Like I was joking with my brother a couple months ago that I think people know about me in the city now, uh, but differently than they knew before. Like they knew me as baseball guy, Russ Dorsey. Right. But now they hear me chop it up with my friends each week and really know what my personality is. And I think that's cool. Like, People love my parents in the city of Chicago because I'll come on here and tell stories about when I was a kid, right? Or fighting at school on the bus um, <laughs> or, or things like that. And people get a kick out of that and enjoy it. But it's it's nice to be able to have a space similar to what Tone was talking about and feel like, you know what? Do I want to take it there? Yeah, I'm going to take it there. Um the answer, but not, I think the answer has never been no to that question. Yeah, yes. The, I'm, I'm asking myself, like, I need to give myself permission, knowing I'm going to give myself I, permission. I've never heard you ask yourself that and then stop. Because I think it usually goes, am I going to take it there? Nah. You know what? If it doesn't work, don't take it out. <laughs> just <Right>. say it. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All right. So we, all right. we did all the, the fuzzy stuff about 100 episodes. I'm going to tell you the, the, the part that pisses me off, though. Oh, OK. <laughs> so in the last in the in the first segment, we were celebrating getting to 100. 100 percent. And now you should air all of your grievances from the 100. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say it's me airing my grievances, but I, it's just something that might affect me that doesn't affect both you and Tom. So in, in the in the pie chart, like how much of these complaints are are directed at tone versus me? Oh, very little, actually. Oh, they're mostly at me. Okay. They're, they're mostly yeah, uh, okay. yes. It might right. be it, some of the shrapnel might hit you in tone, but they're not directly uh aimed at you, right? I can take so, it. All right, I'll buckle in and, and you can just fire away. So here's my thing. Over a hundred episodes, we talk about a lot of stuff, right? And one of the things that has happened is Jason, your wife listens to this podcast, but tone and she doesn't get mad about things that you joke about on here because she knows you're just joking. She gets mad if they're not funny. Okay. 
That's, okay. That's the most offensive. See, so you got You don't. You don't share that part with uh, with us here. Well, the most offensive thing to her is if I make a joke about our marriage and it's not funny. She okay. could, she could live with it if it's funny, but if it's not funny, that's the biggest offense. All right, fair, fair. So she, but she listens. Tone has nobody in his life that listens to our podcast. So he can he can do anything he wants, and nobody is the wiser in his life. Like his wife don't listen, his parents don't listen, his brothers and them don't listen. Right. Jai too young to know what we're saying. Like nobody in Tone's life knows about this thing, and so he can move like an assassin and really just air everything out and just go home. Right? He can just hit the end button on here, and he's living free. Meanwhile, even though Jason said, like, look, Ashley might get upset if something's not funny that he says on there. Cool. Bro, y'all don't realize the amount of phone calls, text messages that I have received about something I've said on the podcast. And let me tell y'all, for everybody listening, I am super careful about the things that I say on this platform, right? And it's crazy that a single dude has to say, I get phone calls and the amount of, hey, I heard your podcast this week that I've received over 100 episodes. (laughs) You you don't. Oh, okay. Y'all don't even understand, bro. From your parents. So, you know, my parents, my parents love our podcast. And not just because I'm on it, because they like, they know it's funny and like they enjoy it. Even the stuff that they're, they, that's slightly cringe. They love like it's it's still funny, right? So you're, it's your son making nasty jokes, but it's because he's uh, funny. You're getting into trouble with your like Tinder friends and stuff. Is what's happening. See and see, but it's stuff like that that gets me in trouble. Like that in and of itself what's is what I'm, I'm upset because it's not Tinder friend, but Bumble, whatever. I'm sorry, it's I not that either. I, I can't. Apps, so I don't know them. I meet people in real life too, Jason Leisure. Farmers only. So it's it's just like man, blackpeoplemeet.com, <laughs> Zanga, all that. Um, so yeah, y'all don't y'all none of those issues have reached you in tone. So there have been some times where I'm thinking, man, we just bodied that pod. Pod comes out a couple days later. Hey, heard your podcast, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so those are one of the, the, the things that have over the hundred episodes that I have not loved because Tone's wife will never hit him with the, Hey, I heard the podcast this week. Right. Oh, it's happened Ask- a couple times. Like don't, don't trip. It's See, all right. All right. So this is why I don't like Tone because I come on here and give it up about those things. And Tone will, well, we would have never told if we known if he didn't have the conversation. I mean, one, I, I think it, I don't know if it's as important because one, I'm not the host. Um, so like a lot of the me being at the at the the butt of the jokes is like, I mean, you know, it's part of the show. So that's 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 what kind of stuff that that happens. But uh, but yeah, like it it's happened. It's happened a couple times. So this, this is a question I want to ask y'all. So we're a hundred episodes deep. Should we get in trouble for jokes on the podcast? No. Absolutely not. No, I don't think That's, so. It's either, joke. Jokes are jokes, but jokes right. can't just be jokes anymore. That's the 
But no, I'm talking about like if Tone comes on here for a hundred episodes and calls me a hoe, right? <laughs> Should I get in trouble for that? Even though my it's my one of my best friends making fun of me, and it's a joke. It's not necessarily real. See, that's what I'm saying, man. That's I, I'm with you because it's like if I said something that made my wife mad, if I said something on here that she heard later when she's going through this, like an attorney trying to find every whatever. And like, if I said something that made her mad, but she acknowledged that it was funny, she'd let it go. She'd say, that's funny. See, I didn't like it, but it is funny. It's a good marriage, man. That's a good marriage. How close, how close are these people? Like it's different. Like Jason, it, it, that's his wife, Steph, right. Stephanie. Like that's my wife. Like right. Of course, what they have to say matters. Like they're really extremely close to us. A hundred percent. So I guess it, it would depend on who's saying it. If if I'm in that case, who's saying it? How much do I value them? Would they are they close enough to even understand what's going on right now? Where I would want to be able to explain or engage in the conversation about. What happens on the podcast? If not, it's like, come on, yo, you know, you know what time it is. And see, I, I but see, I don't know if people always know what time it is, because I think one of the things that you have to end up explaining, or I have to end up explaining, is that I part of our what we do here is try to be entertaining for people. So there, we're gonna make jokes, and like I'll come on here and I'll tell a story. And now I'll, I'm gonna give it up. Like, I'm gonna tell you what happened. But I might, I'm gonna embellish a little bit just because, like, I'm gonna get the juices flowing, make people laugh, be provocative. Get into it. Get into yeah. it. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like sometimes it's theatrics. You got to get on here and perform when that light comes on. But yeah, man, it's been, it's just been over the hundred episodes. There have been some times where I wake up on back when we were dropping the pot on Thursday, wake up on a Friday morning. Got a text and I'm like, oh my gosh, now I got to do this and explain like they were jokes and tone is just being tone. You can't take everything he says at face value, blah, blah, blah. Well, you're juggling a lot, Russ. You got a lot of balls in the air compared to us. Well, <laughs> that's what we look at. <laughs> I am disappointed in him. You're disappointed in Tom Brady? Why? Yes. That, that man sense. lost it all. He probably like, bro, I'm done. Why are you yeah, upset? His, his, I hate his judgment. Like, I just, I am really down on Tom Brady today. Like, what do you, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. He, Tom Brady went, retired. He He's went like through, 46. Mm-hmm. You went through all that last offseason. Retirement, surprise, I'm not really retiring. You know, broke up your family. Divorced. Just to one season later, say, all right, I'm, I'm retired for real. Okay, Russ, like, I'm kind of with him on this. Actually, I thought I thought you were I thought you were the guy. I thought you were this 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 mental, mentally strong. One percent of the one percent of the one percent type of guy athlete who who will literally give up everything life and limb to continue continue the greatness that you are on and that was fine you make your own decisions but then to seemingly backtrack on that because he had an awful season i mean they made it to the playoffs but it was ugly all the way through 
and then you say, "All right, I I think I'm done now." Like that was that's I don't I can't rock with that. I cannot vibe with that. I I was a Tom Brady supporter, not in the vein of you broke up his family, but he loved this and wanted to do this so bad. I had never seen that put forth in real life or somebody was willing literally to give up the most important thing to continue to pursue what they love. And then he just quit on it. I'm like, what, are, what was all that for? You could have had your family. You could, Gus, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with him on this. I get it. Like he was willing to throw away his marriage over this a year ago. And now he's not like, I was thinking today when he did that, like what, what was Giselle thinking during this? Oh, she uh, responded uh, to his Instagram post. Let me find it. She said something like, I wish you well or whatever. Yeah, she was like, 100% I wish you well. I wish you well. I was like, she so, was sitting there like, where, where was this a year ago? Like, so, you, you threw everything away to go eight and nine or whatever they were this year? I disagree with the two of you from the standpoint of, one, it's his life. And two, I could say, like, when I want to say I'm done, I can say I'm done. Whether you like it or not, whether I did this two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. And I think it's as human beings, we're allowed to make a mistake. And I think he he made a big mistake. And I yes, you're allowed. That's what human that's what being a human being is about. Making mistakes. And some of those mistakes are really big. And I think Tom realized, damn man, I fucked up. Like big fuck up, and I lost it all. This joint not worth it anymore. You're allowed as a human being to be like, I've evaluated the mistake that I made, and not worth it. I'm done. That's like I, I don't see what is so hard about that. From a human standpoint, I made a big, I made a, a decision that I have to live with, and that decision affected my life. And now looking back, it was not worth it. I am done. What's wrong with that? I think I would agree if this wasn't a 40-plus-year-old man uh, who is seasoned, who has life experience, who, uh, who who's had sick parents, right? Like, who should understand the value of families, who should understand the value of time left, uh, you know, living with, with family and, and people that you love. Um, I at that age, foolish decisions are less. I'm not saying you can't forgive or, you know, and things of that nature for anybody, but it's becoming like you're too old for this. Like to be, to have that frame of mind. And again, I was like, Hey, that's your decision. The first time around, I'm like, all right, we're going to see how long this rocks because I wanted to see something impressed. I wanted to see him do something which unprecedented which is already kind of unprecedented what he's done but he was trying to double down i'm like okay let's go but for him at that age to 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 say oh i i realized i i made a mistake it's like bro like you can't make those type of mistakes when you know your children are you know high school age like those mistakes affect and impact long and deep sorry <laughs> but, okay. Let's see. That's where. That's where. That's where we can't keep taking you seriously on this point when you do that. But I guess I just don't get it, Russ. Because I thought, like, I thought his unretiring. I thought Tom Brady unretiring and then getting divorced was his way of like, I'm playing and I'm doing what I want. I'm not being 
pressured and told what to do anymore. So I just kind of assumed he was going to play for like three more years. Mm-hmm. But here's here's my pushback against what Tone said. It, why is he above making mistakes? Right. Why is he? Because you never in, in life, you never stop making mistakes. Right. We never stop messing up. We never stop making the wrong decision. That's going to happen to the day we leave this earth. But that's what growth is about. And growth never stops. It's not like I'm 45 now. I've learned everything I need to know about life and marriage and decision making. No. And so why is he somehow? Why should he be above that? Like, why should he not be allowed that? Yeah. He fucked up a big fuck up and he paid for it. But why can he not do that? Like, that's what I'm I don't I'm missing here. Like, why is he above making mis- Why should he not be above making mistakes? I don't think it's just him. I, maybe it's just me. Maybe when I see a 40, how old is the time right? 45? 45 or 46. I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming like wisdom and life experience. For certain things, Russ, you're right. People are going to, we're going to make mistakes until we get up out of here. We are going to continue to make mistakes and we're going to continue to learn and, and, and grow from those mistakes. But there are certain de- decisions or certain decisions that people make at a, a certain age where you would think that this person, at least on this level, in terms of family, in terms of what's truly important in life would understand and for him to forego that to do to make that decision to me was surprising it, i think it was surprised all of us it was it wasn't just about the age that generates this conversation across all platforms in, in, in sports and me when he retired the first time or then he came back it was the fact that we all were having the conversation about why won't he go to his family? That was it wasn't the football part. It was that part that made this conversation interesting and why it was a, a big deal. And for and, and I, I don't know, man. It's just certain certain decisions should be a gimme. Certain ones when you get to that age. And I I guess I was just shocked that he after doubling down on it, had the bad season, and then just said, all right, I, I, I think I'm done. Like, that was just, I was like, all right, man, just just go to your Fox job. We'll, we'll see you in a couple months on, on TV. I think he, uh, I, I think it's a you thing, Tone, from this standpoint. Like That's fair. And this is not like uh, you and I having this some debate. I just think he's allowed to have the big mess up. And that's not to say that you don't pay for the big mess up. Clearly, he's paying for the big mess up. I just think that you got a guy who played football for longer than we will ever see. Like it this is never happening again. This man played football for 23 years, Tom. Mm-hmm. When this he man had, started he had a Hall of Fame career in his 20s and then another one in his 30s and another one in his 40s. Every one of those decades of his age, he would have any of those by themselves, he would have made the Hall of Fame off. He started playing football when I was in the first grade. The first grade. I'm 28 years old right now, so right? Like it, it's crazy that or 23 seasons. We've 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 gotten to this point where how when was he at home, Tom? 
Like that dude was playing football for over two decades. And so you're expecting a guy to have the knowledge, the maturity in a marriage where he wasn't at home. So you can't put the same uh, guidelines on him that you might give Jason because Jason kind of be at home, <laughs> even though he has a because he has a similar job. Right. But at the end of the day, Jason gets to go home. When you're on the road all the time, you don't get that learning with your family and learning your spouse and learning your kids like you might want to. And so you can't I don't think you can look at guys, athletes, marriages like you might look at yours or Jason's or your parents because it's not the same life. And so there are things that you might not have realized or not even might not have learned because, dog, I ain't been here. I don't know where the tide is in this house. I don't know where the soap is. I don't know where the towels are because I I just come lay lay my head down. I don't know which days. day the garbage gets picked up. I don't. But the, I don't that, even know what my kid. I don't even know what school my kids go to. <laughs> but that's what Giselle was clamoring for years prior. Like, hey man, you you're in your you know late thirties, going in your forties, and you you played a long time. You won a lot. What else do you have to do? Come home. Like she was saying that for the last few years, and he was like, nah. We good. And I was like, okay, Brady. Okay. I've never seen this before. I I've never seen this before. Let's let's see how long this lasts. It lasted a season. Are you you seem hung up on the fact that the season didn't go well, Tone? Like that they were eight and nine. They were never yeah. a legitimate contender, that he didn't play that great. Is that part of what makes this feel like a fraud to you? Like he's like, ah, yeah, I'm not it was good anymore. My team's not good anymore. I'm out of here. It was a waste. You wasted everybody's time. You wasted your own time. You wasted you wasted your life. You wasted life essence. All that time you could have had. That's a lot of a, a, a year is a long time. And I know like a year it goes by fast. We say that all the time. A year is a long time. You could have made up a lot of that difference. And I and I know I'm you know high horsing this. Like I don't know his kids or his family situation. I know, but it's just weird to see how easily. He gave up on it because he had a down year after the fervor he had and dismissing everything in his life to continue to do this. It was just it was just weird to see. Russ, let's do the news. All right. You're familiar, of course, with the season ending press conferences that every team does after they get eliminated, or in the Bears' case, just finish the regular season, typically. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did his tough, tough breaks for the 49ers this year. Honestly, really. like This is a team that, other than at quarterback, could have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And and it's not like one of those Bears teams where it's like they have everything but the quarterback. Like They did everything they could to have the quarterback. They've got a recent number three draft pick on their roster. But you have Trey Lance, that draft pick, with a broken ankle in week two, like the first quarter of week two. Jimmy Garoppolo, broken foot in week 13 after playing pretty well for them. And, and after all that, you find this guy, this last guy picked in the draft, Brock Purdy, and he comes in and he goes like 7-0 and and wins a playoff game for you. And then he blows out his elbow during uh, the Philly game. And then Josh Johnson who has played for half the teams in the league, gets a concussion as soon as he gets in there. That's a lot of bad breaks. 
I mean, like, think about Trey Lance for a second. Like, this is a team that spent the that traded up to get this pick from the Dolphins and spent the number three pick on Trey Lance. We're sitting here trying to figure out like what exactly is Justin Fields? What can he become? They got Trey Lance and he started like four games in his whole career so far. Like they have good. no idea. No one has any idea how good Trey Lance is. Yeah, he he's going to go into his third year and he's probably like he probably won't play start another game for them. Like that's a that's a realistic thing. Like if they go get Aaron Rodgers, which could be a possibility, like you might have to tr- sell low on Trey Lance. Let's say they don't. Let's say they don't get Aaron Rodgers and they just bring back him and uh, Lance and Purdy. Like he's going to be in a competition with Purdy. It's not going to just be, oh, Trey Lance is healthy. It's his job. He's going to compete with the guy that they saw play really well this year. Yeah. And it, it, he's played four games and he's already in like a competition for his job. Like, cause they don't know anything. They don't know no. what he can do really. Um, anyway. So Kyle Shanahan was asked about this in the season ending press conference. And he was asked, this was the very last question while him and uh, John Lynch are sitting up there. And he was asked if perhaps his playbook and scheme don't include the proper protection built in for his quarterbacks. So maybe is, is there something Kyle Shanahan is doing Russ that is getting these quarterbacks hurt left and right? Yeah, I think when you ask that question that way, I understand, but I think if you looked at the injuries, common sense would answer that question. Um, I mean, how have they gotten hurt? I mean, I'm sorry, Josh got a concussion when he hit the ground. So that's the fourth one you're talking about. I'm sorry, our quarterback got his elbow bent backwards on a normal drop back pass. I'm sorry, on a drop back pass, someone rolled up on Jimmy's ankle. Um, and then we have a dual threat quarterback who got hurt running the ball. So to throw all those four in that category, no, no quarterbacks got hurt when we had to hand it off the whole second half. So we can look into that. That's the craziest premise for a question. It's hard to think of a weirder idea than, is it your fault? Is it your fault? Nobody got hurt when all we could do in the second half against the Eagles is run the ball. So we can look into that. Listen, man, I I feel Kyle Shanahan on that. Like (laughs) some of these questions that be coming in is from a reporter that's saying that like they're not good. Uh. Have you ever heard of a guy named Andrew Burnett? No. So he played one. He's a he's an assistant coach for the New Jersey Devils hockey team. Okay. He played one season for the Blackhawks like 10 years ago. And he was the Florida Panthers interim coach when they fired Joel Quenville. Quenville. Okay. Uh, quite a story from uh, actually my – uh, some friends of mine down at uh, WPLG in South Florida TV station. So Andrew Burnett is now 49 years old and uh, he's in a bar in South Florida in Broward County and notices while he's in the bar, according to the police report, that the police are writing him a ticket for illegally parking his golf cart. This is what he's getting around in down there is a golf cart. And so he comes out, you know, just like you would if you were getting a parking ticket. You're like, whoa, 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 I'll move it, I'll move it, you know, something like that. And uh, they notice that at, they give him the ticket anyway, but they notice as he comes out to try to correct this that he is stumbling and slurring. Oh, no. Uh, he clearly stumbled out of a bar and he goes, okay, I'll move it, I'll move it. 
Uh, 17 minutes later, he finally moves it. But when he does, he blows through two stop signs immediately while the police are still there and gets pulled over for DUI. Fails the uh, field sobriety test. Uh, I'm trying to see how I want to say this. It gets wilder. All right, please finish. So uh, it appears that his wife was with him during this, although that wasn't totally clear from the the police report. But the reason that I think that is because the police filed in their report that when they pulled him over, he handed them his wife's driver's license and said he wasn't driving. (laughs) I just they see if you know the guy's hammered, why do you let him drive the golf cart to then to then know you're going to have to give him a DUI? Like, what are we doing here? Like, you knew who that dude was hammered. Must be nice to get the benefit of the doubt, right? Definitely gave my man the benefit. Like, they're watching him run through two. They they let him go far enough to run through not one, but two stop signs. Yeah. Yeah. Then, all right, we got to give him the DUI now. If only the cops were so nice. Also, getting a DUI in a golf cart is crazy. <laughs> People forget that that counts. That, like, driving a golf cart or a tractor or something is still a vehicle. Like, that's going to be on his record. DUI. In what? Golf cart. Blowing a stop sign in a golf cart. That's Russ, wild. I have an amazing basketball story for you. Okay. I should clarify it's a high school basketball story. Okay. I should further clarify that it's a girls' JV basketball story. Jason, don't make me do this. Like, how can this be interesting? interesting. You're right. Getting how less interested. So imagine this scenario that uh, Coach Arlisha Boykins found herself in. She She's the assistant JV coach, I believe, at Churchland High School in Virginia. And the team name there is the Truckers. Okay. And uh, so, so Churchland JV, the JV Truckers, they've got a big game against Nansimond River JV. I heard they're pretty good. Okay. And uh, one of their best players is missing the game because she's in a club tournament. You know about this conflict, right? I mean, this is you always have the high school calendar versus the club team, which one's more important. The club teams are pretty important for recruiting, it turns out. So, but you got this big game against Nansamond River. So what do you do? You can't just take the L. Correct. Not against Nansamond River. Alicia Boykins had the answer. She knew exactly what to do. She put on the missing player's uniform and pretended to be her. And played in the game at age 22 against 13-year-olds. And she dominated. You need to see the highlights. <laughs> Someone tried to drive on her. One of these little JV girls on the other team tried to drive on her. And she blocked that like Matumbo and sent her like into the baseline. She was, she was all over the place, posting up, celebrating I mean, it was, it was, it looked like a 22 year old playing against 13 year olds. And uh, that sure enough was found out pretty quickly. Uh, And the uh, WAVY in Virginia, the TV station, reports that uh, the JV head coach and the varsity head coach were fully on board with this. Obviously, the JV head coach was because she was letting her play in the game that she was right. coaching. But the varsity head coach was cheering this on from the stands, according to WAVY. Uh, all three have been fired. 
Dang. And the players and their parents uh, have decided to cancel the rest of the season. Uh, see, is it worth it? Is that worth it? I don't understand. I don't understand anything. Banging, banging the rest of the season, that don't make sense at all. Because if, if I'm one of those kids, hey, man, I'm just trying to get buckets. Y'all just cancel the season? Mm-hmm. But I imagine it's because, like, all right, we don't have anybody who could coach this team. But, bro, I think that's a little excessive. They suspend them, but don't. I, don't I think mean, where, where, where are they going to find the coach? Ain't nobody get hurt. Just where does it enter your mind as a 22-year-old that I'm going to play in this high school JV game? And nobody you know, know. Who's going to you know? know? Here's, my, here's my thing. It was probably a lot of fun. It looked fun. Like, can you imagine it going to a gym right now playing she some kids? killing them, Russ. Getting like, buckets. I did not see a stat line, but they did have some footage from the game. And she swatted somebody. She was going up for a basket like nothing. She's at the foul line. Like, you've seen little kids shoot free throws. Like, they got to, like, heave it. They got to almost yeah. get a running start sometimes. She's shooting free throws like Durant. <laughs> She's got a whole routine. Yes, exactly. Yes. Cashing out. That's the highlights, probably, the highlights I can't, are incredible. I can't even get mad because, like, thinking about it now, it's just like, hey, man, put on the jersey. It'll be a bucket. And it's like, all right. And then you start making your first two, three. Now you're feeling it. You're like, all right, let me go ahead and do something real You put a 45 against some 13-year-olds. Like, come on. That's fun. I don't care. There was no subtlety to it at all because I guess it's like once I'm in, I'm in, you know. She wasn't like, I better just keep this, you know, to just like, you know, 13 and 10 or whatever. She was out. Right. Nah, I'm scoring 60 on these kids. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Russ, this is serious now. A big story that keeps getting bigger. This is something we talked about uh, for the first time sometime last month, weeks ago. Uh, this has become a national story, what's going on at the Dallas Zoo. Have you heard the latest development in this story? Not outside of what you've told me the last couple of weeks. This is Now, there have been four unusual and suspicious incidents in less than a month. The latest mm-hmm. being that two emperor tamarind monkeys were stolen from the zoo huh. by someone who cut the fencing on their enclosure. Think about this, man. Somebody stole two monkeys from this zoo after they've already had all these incidents. Like they've already ratcheted up security to, to hear. It's not a good kind of job. It, it obviously yeah. is like, like there's something really weird going on. There. Something's afoot. So, and, and this is actually really dangerous because if you've been following what's going on in Dallas overall, like Dallas has plunged into the twenties. Mm-hmm. It's snow there. Like th- these, this is not a good situation for these animals to be out of proper zoo care. Uh, now, fortunately, they found the two monkeys and they found them, Russ, in an abandoned house. They found them in the closet of an abandoned house half an hour away. It's like somebody who stole these transported them there and then put them in this abandoned house. They are back at the zoo now and, and doing fine. But you have, again, let me recap this for you. You have a clouded leopard that got out because they cut the fencing. And you, then you had, like, same day they discovered someone had cut the fun- fencing at the Langer monkey enclosure. Then you have a rare vulture who suffers a, quote, very suspicious death with, like, some kind of wound that they're, they're not disclosing. But it doesn't sound like the kind of natural wound an animal would get. 
And now you have two Emperor Tamarins stolen. Like, this is, is this like a, a, I don't know what's going on here, but it's like, at first I thought maybe it's someone who's like, the animals shouldn't be in zoos. But if that person killed that rare vulture, then they're, they're clearly not some kind of activist. I don't like it. I don't like animals it either, Tom. need to be protected. Like, they're vulnerable creatures. Especially when you, like, you know, put them in Dallas, and that's not where they intended to be. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do the zoos, right? Like, we learn from zoos. There's information to be had. I like the zoo. I love going to the zoo and the aquarium. I do, too. Uh, but if we're going to have them, these need to be protected. Like, what what are we doing? We're being, like, that's being a jerk. How are you going to capture them but then not protect them? Like, it's weird. Also, what concerns me is I pulled up the Dallas Zoo on Google Maps, Russ. Okay. They did like the satellite view of it. There's homes like right there. This is just like Brookfield Zoo where it's like there's a neighborhood right there. Like that can't be great living in that neighborhood wondering what's what are we going to hear about the news to, on the news tomorrow? Like what got out of the zoo tomorrow? Uh, the zoo is now offering, they've upped their reward offer for information that leads to the arrest of whoever's doing this to 25 grand. So maybe that'll help. Um, but the police are not really saying much about this. The police don't, at least publicly, seem to have a grasp on this yet. All they've done is they've tweeted a picture of a guy that they said they'd like some help IDing. And it's just a guy eating a bag of Cheetos. I mean, Doritos. It's a red bag, so I, I think that's the nacho cheese flavored Doritos. Mm -hmm. They're looking for the Dorito man, uh, but they aren't even saying like he's a suspect or whatever. They just need help figuring out who this is in the photo that they've posted. So if you're in Dallas and you know who the Dorito man is, they're just they're just looking for a name. That's the news. Well, I would like to. Once again, thank everybody out there who have listened to Jason and Tone and myself for 99 plus one, this one, 100 episodes. And we are so grateful for everybody out there that listens to the podcast, that watches the clips on social, that shares it, um, that's who has subscribed uh make sure you do all of those things still but like we appreciate those who have done it already and we love you and we appreciate you and we hope this podcast brings you guys as much joy as it brings us bringing it to you each and every week uh we could not do this without your support and we are very grateful that you guys are in our corner definitely definitely and our show as always is brought to you by sheets and giggles I'm still saying it wrong, Tone. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Our show is unsponsored. Uh -huh. Tony Gill is presented by Sheets and Giggles. Uh -huh. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. You offended, Tone? I am. I am. I mean, Come on, 100 man. episodes. Shout out. Get it, get it right. We got to get it right with Sheets and Giggles. They've been down with us from the get-go. Now the they're only homies. down with you. Big perp. <laughs> go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. And get 23% off everything. They've got the sheet set. They've got the flannel, which is a cotton eucalyptus hybrid. They've got comforters, duvet covers, everything on there. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA 
and get 23% off. Tony, do you want to do one of your do, do a good one this time? Come on, man. Do a good do a good endorsement of the product that sponsors you. Sheets and giggles. My my one true love of sheets comes from sheets and giggles. Big perp. Shout out to our guy coming through with the sheets and giggles mattress, with the sheets and giggles flannel sheets. He's been hooking us up for a hundred episodes. Please go to our guy, Sheets Giggles, if you want to get your bed situation right. All right? Blow it back up. <laughs> I like how we made Sheets and Giggles a person. <laughs> right. I'm like, are you talking about Shout Colin? out to our guy, Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles. <laughs> just forget, forget Colin McIntosh's name. Colin is our guy. Um, tone is hilarious. For everybody out there, make sure you're like, commenting, subscribing. We are doing more on our IG page. So get that popping. If you are on Instagram right now, you can do it while you're listening. Go to Instagram, type in Sports Adjacent Pod on IG. Our logo's there. It'll it'll pop up and uh, follow us, putting the video content on there. Much more as we go here in 2023. But once again, we appreciate you guys. 100 episodes down, hundreds more to go, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.